It's me, Georgia Simmons, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories. Because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan. So if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm very, very excited to be joined by Steph Ellswood, who is also known on Instagram as Healthy Chef Steph. I've followed Steph on Instagram for many years and have loved her content, recipes and passion for life. So to have her on the podcast was such an honour. Steph and I cover a lot of topics which are very interesting, such as battling with an eating disorder, plant-based and eating for a greater purpose, Steph's sustainable business, her Stay Sassy events and her decision to stop drinking. Steph is such an inspiration and if you don't follow her already, you're definitely going to want to after this episode. Let's jump straight in. So I'm sat here with Steph, who's known on Instagram as Healthy Chef Steph. So before we go into anything, do you mind giving us like a 30 second elevator pitch on like who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So um, my name is Steph and I'm an online content creator. I have a sustainable e-commerce business and a charitable event series called Stay Sassy. Um, and I share my plant-based journey and my lifestyle on Instagram to hopefully share recipes to inspire others to kind of consider doing the same. So good. I want to go into all the Stay Sassy as well because I love all that side of it as well. But before we go into anything, I also have a bit of a tradition on the podcast where I ask some quick fire questions. It's all about food. Um, It's just so people get to know you a bit more. So pizza or pasta? Both. <laughs> one is a starter and one is a main. Definitely. <laughs> uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Burger. Cook in or eat out? Cook in. Rice or noodles? Rice. And what is your favourite delivery? Oh, some anything sushi. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one because you can't really make that at home. No. So I feel like it's a good one to, to order in. So to start off with, I want to talk a bit about a caption that I saw on one of your Instagrams and it kind of rang really true to me because I feel like a lot of girls go through this and I wanted to talk about this first. It was food is not the enemy and I think that's a really good way of putting it because we all eat three times a day, we need food as fuel but yet people really, really struggle to like have a good relationship with food. They Mm -hmm. kind of see it as the enemy. So I wanted to talk a bit about like that caption and whether you've ever experienced moments where food was the enemy Mm -hmm. um so I trained as a professional dancer and I trained as a dancer probably from the age of about four and then professionally from 13 14 and I was thrust into an environment where your talent was your worth and also your appearance came with that so I struggled on and off with an eating disorder probably for about six 
six or seven years um and it was just because of all of these societal pressures societal pressures that I'd been told or heard or heard my friends say um and also the pressure of the industry led me to believe that you had to be the smallest version of yourself to be successful or to be seen to be successful so straight away um I didn't have the knowledge or expertise on how to kind of change my size or anything like that so it just became restricting food um and I also had bulimia as well and that was probably from the age of about 14 and I'm not crying I just have a cough (laughs) (laughs) um and um it was kind of around this time that I realized that you literally cannot escape food when you have another addiction like alcohol or drugs you can over time cut that out but you can't escape food ever like we need it to survive and this is where kind of my cooking journey began because as part of my recovery I had to fall in love with food again and now it's a huge passion of mine to share that on social media also as a way to liberate women to be like you can eat you don't have to shrink yourself you don't have to believe these fad diets that say you need to eat leaves and seeds to to stay thin and active and healthy and all of that kind of stuff and and I think there's just a huge shift definitely in my mindset but I can kind of see it now where there's this counterculture of people sharing more positive messages um and and realizing that food is actually there to help support you and and give you the energy to live a full and happy life um and that's something that I'm I'm so so passionate about no I think it's so it's so true and it's so important and I recently had another girl on the podcast and we talked about her eating disorder and what have you what you just said then kind of was quite similar in terms of she didn't look at herself in the mirror one day and think I want to be smaller she got it was from what she was hearing others Mm -hmm. speak about and that's what's so crazy like she was saying that she was at school and everyone was talking about their summer diet and she was like oh I need to do this too and it just started like that and it's crazy how and we all I think whether it's the same extent or not I think everyone especially girls boys as well for sure but everyone goes through some sort of unhealthy relationship with food at some stage and I just think it is crazy and you do have to fall in love with food again because you do start thinking of it as like you mentioned the enemy and you think that you know you're not going to be your best self if you eat what you want to eat but like the sad thing is is that food impacts so much of your life it Mm -hmm. impacts like obviously the way you look but also the way you feel the way you interact with friends family relationships so yeah it is such a a key part of life so how did you then recover like how was that and how long did your eating disorder go on for so um like I said my eating disorder was on and off um for probably about six or seven years and it wasn't until I was at a full-time vocational dance college that one of my teachers pulled me to one side and and I was painfully thin but also my skin was gray my hair was falling out I had really dark circles under my eyes I was passing out in lessons I just had no energy at all um I didn't have a personality either and there's there's so many blanks in my memory because my brain just didn't have the fuel to function so there's there's a period of that time that I just don't remember any of the positive experiences that I did have within that time because I just didn't have the fuel in me Mm. um so one of my teachers pulled me to one side and basically just asked if I was okay um and I ended up going to the headmistress's office and she basically said if you don't tell your parents what's going on um we're gonna have to tell them for you so I was like okay so I went to my mum and she took me straight to the GP um and I was really really fortunate there's there's a ridiculously long wait list and it's 
a really tough time for a lot of people to try and get the help they need especially after lockdown but this was a few years ago now and I was managed to be rushed through the system and I had one-to-one therapy at the Maudsley Hospital in Denmark Hill um and there is where I saw my angel (laughs) that's what I called her because I've got so many blanks in my memory I, I don't remember her name or anything um and the first few sessions that I had there I was not ready to recover I was holding on to this like little dirty secret as if it was my friend and it was the fear of the unknown um I knew it wasn't working for me but I didn't know what my life would be like without it and it wasn't until I was in a waiting room for one of my sessions and a woman walked in and I think about this woman all the time because I just want to send her like love energetically because I don't know where she is now and we never actually even spoke but she must have been in her 40s or 50s and she came in and she was so frail and her teeth had eroded away and her hair was thin and she looked how I felt um and I could just see it was as if I was looking into my future and I was like I need to stop this now because if this problem stays with me for another six years where will I be then like if I want to be a professional dancer I need to stop this now so that was the first time I went into the session ready to talk um and ready to kind of heal and I think you do have to be ready and sometimes you need that little light switch moment that's like okay no life is worth more than this I am worth more than this so then I went through all of the um therapy I think I was there weekly for a year bi-weekly and then monthly for another year um and I don't know where I'd be without that without that treatment but was without the support of my friends and family as well um encouraging me and bringing me kind of back to life so I'm really really fortunate for that time yeah I think also you're so right it's got to come from you because Mm -hmm. there's there's so much people can say and like advise and you know say things about how you look but you feel certain way and like you deep down it's mental it's not even like so it's got to come from you Mm -hmm. so yeah that is amazing and like I hope that lady's okay wherever she is in the world like that's yeah that is amazing that but I guess yeah it's got to come from you and thank goodness you found your angel that's so definitely and and to anyone listening to this as well if you have had those thoughts or anything like that like it is possible to make a full recovery and I, I kind of speak of it as if there was like a voice in my head and it was so loud back then and yes I have moments if ever I'm stressed or a little bit overwhelmed that voice will come back but it's so much quieter than it was and I now have the strength to make choices over it whereas before it was the other way around so Mm. it is definitely possible to live a happy and full life again surrounded by food definitely so what's your relationship with food now so obviously you've recovered and yeah what is your relationship with food um I I don't love to label relationships with food as good or bad um because I don't know what a normal relationship with food is like does anyone have a normal relationship Mm. with food but I'd say that I am so much more in tune with my hunger cues and all of that kind of stuff and I eat because I'm so passionate about cooking and I'm so passionate about how food tastes and it's such a social experience like look back in history and culture like there's so many things surrounded by food um and I'm at a stage now where I don't have to read a menu before I go to a restaurant or I don't have to pre-plan everything and I don't worry about what my next meal is because I feel so much more safe and at peace with that voice that was in my head so I think because of social media I actually started my page during my recovery and um, when it was called Healthy Chef Steph I didn't post my face it was just recipes and it was just to kind of keep a bit of a food diary 
um and even from then to now like I just share recipes because I have such a passion for cooking it's not because I'm trying to control anything so I'm really grateful for that yeah I I think you're right I think once you begin loving food again like it's you missed it so much that your passion for it grows even stronger Mm. and you're just like oh my god I can't believe I kind of starved myself of this for so long like there's so much to food that I've missed and you're right it's it is more than just what goes into your body it's just a massive social a social thing and yeah affects relationships and your life completely Mm -hmm. so um moving on slightly to plant-based so Mm -hmm. were you plant-based um like have you always been plant-based or during your recovery did you then whilst learning and like changing your relationship with food again did you learn more and then make that switch then um do you know what's so funny? I was actually terrified to to try plant-based eating because of my history with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So I probably didn't go plant-based for maybe four years after my recovery, three or four years. Um, and I went vegetarian first purely because I watched a documentary about cattle farming and I cried the whole way through. And I'd always been such a big meat eater. Um, like I'd snack on a pack of ham or like I just loved yeah. it. Um, and I watched this documentary and I cried the whole time and I was like, wow, this has made me feel such deep emotion. I'm going to try and go vegetarian because surely this has made me feel a certain way for a reason. And I can't go back to eating meat now knowing what I know. Whereas before I was so blissfully in denial. So I went vegetarian for six months and then it came around to the January and there's obviously the massive charitable cause Veganuary that encourages people to eat plant-based for the month of January. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try it. But I'd spoken to my parents about it. And I was like, look, I am a little bit worried that this could be another form of restriction. Um, but I think the, the difference was it was that awareness. And I was like, this this could be restrictive. But I then tried it for the month and I fell in love with cooking again because instead of just grilling a chicken breast, it was like, what can I do with a chickpea? What can I do with a bean? And I was eating for a greater purpose than myself. It wasn't for aesthetic gain. I wasn't restricting my eating because I wanted to be thinner. I was eating plant-based for the planet, for the animals and for my health. Um, And that was probably the biggest shift in my recovery journey because I realised I was consuming food without aesthetic gain. Mm. Um, And that was, yeah, really, really exciting for me because, like I said, I was nervous to try it and it actually ended up being such a blessing in disguise it's so good that you're really honest with yourself though because you're mm. like okay I, I'm aware that this could be another form of restriction and a lot of people speak to me about do you think people go plant-based for diet reasons and it's a really interesting one because I'm sure yeah people do however like there's also this whole unhealthy plant-based industry now where mm-hmm. everyone's saying plant-based is so unhealthy and all these comments are so crazy because realistically, it's exactly the same as a normal diet. It's just you're not eating some form, some meat and fish. You're just eating alternatives. And it's not any healthier or unhealthier. So it's just exactly the same. Um, but yeah, I guess it could be a lot more restrictive, especially when you go out for dinners and stuff. Mm-hmm. I guess it's changing a lot now, thank goodness. But obviously, when you look at a menu, your options were probably leaves or chips. Yeah. So now it's a lot better so I guess it would have been a lot more restrictive but I do agree as well like it is a challenge like oh what am I going to make tonight like yeah what curry can I make tonight or like what can I do with an aubergine or or I haven't like what breakfast shall I have and like I don't know it makes it really really exciting because it's not just your standard meat veg some potatoes or carb it's just yeah it's so much more versatile so Mm -hmm. I think that's really good um so I'm guessing you'd say your cause of plant-based is definitely more for animal reasons rather than 
health reasons? Um, it started that way. So obviously I'd watched that documentary and it pulled on my emotional heartstrings. So that was kind of the instigator of it. And then I also researched into like the environmental side of things um, and then also the health side of things. So I'd, I'd say that's probably my three driving forces even now. Um, and I think I, I don't see my, I, I mean, never say never, but I don't see myself ever going back just purely because I love the way that I eat. I love that I'm doing my part. Like I'm not a preachy vegan because when I ate meat, I actually hated vegans. <laughs> like my friend was vegetarian. We used to always joke around because I'd like throw a sausage at her, which now if someone threw a sausage at me, I'd laugh at it, but I'd be like, that's actually so rude. So <laughs> I, I feel like none of my friends saw it coming. And now because it's so aligned with my values and my ethos and everything like that, I don't see it changing. Um, so yeah, it was probably a combination of the animal rights, um, the environmental aspect and also health reasons. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also, for me personally, I have like different reasons for each thing. So for example, meat, I kind of went off meat because of, uh, I didn't really like the taste and kind of health. I didn't really like the red meat situation. Fish, completely environmental. Again, like you, I watched Seaspiracy and I couldn't, yeah. I, I just was so naive to it. I just yeah. thought that fish had a lovely, happy life in the ocean and then they got caught with a little rod and I honestly just thought of it like that. We're just so disconnected, aren't we? Yeah, and when I saw the truth behind it, I thought, oh my God, I actually, I cannot believe I eat this and I, I support this. Um, so yeah, I'm completely with you and dairy is definitely planet and, but I've been lactose intolerant for so, so long. So I have different reasons for each, but I think people always say, oh, I really struggled to go plant-based, but I think if you have your reasons and you, it won't be as much of a struggle. I also think as well, like the world isn't ready for everyone to go plant-based overnight. We don't have the infrastructure to do it yet. So it's not necessarily like if ever I speak about being vegan, it works for me, but it's not necessarily going to work for everyone. We've got some elderly neighbors who have a save the planet day and they just eat vegetarian or vegan for an entire day and like if everyone did that that would still make a huge huge difference I don't know the stats off the top of my head but if everyone had one plant-based day plant-based day a week it would reduce so many co2 emissions and like there's so much exciting benefit from it but you can still enjoy everything you eat the rest of the time so mm. it's more so about reduction rather than complete restriction um and I think that's that's sometimes the problem with the kind of plant-based community is if we push it too much, we're going to just scare people off trying it at all. So it, it's about being inclusive and I share yummy recipes to people that are plant-based, but also people that aren't. And then they try it and enjoy it. And I think that's that's far more powerful than, than kind of being preachy and, and too aggressive with it. I completely agree. And I think that it's trying to change the stigma around it as well. Mm -hmm. Like some people kind of don't want to even try plant-based because they just don't want to be that plant-based person or there's such a, a horrible stigma around the word vegan I think plant-based mm -hmm. is softer but the word vegan people are like oh god I don't want to be that or yeah that's just gonna be disgusting and like I think it's just trying to change that and like yeah if like you said if one person or if someone has a plant-based day a week I mean I love to save the planet day that's How so cute, cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if everyone did that it'd be so good so um yeah I completely agree so for you obviously it's, I'm guessing you kind of have a plant-based lifestyle with your sustainability brand so mm -hmm. talk a bit about how that kind of came into things and whether you would kind of consider it as more of like a holistic approach um I think because I'd got to a point with 
my diet and lifestyle where I was eating plant-based and that was kind of already a habit ingrained I didn't have to think twice about it I then started to look externally at other things that I was doing and this was probably about three years ago now and I was going out and I was working in like around London and constantly jumping between place to place to place having food on the go and there was way more options popping up but I noticed that every kind of quick lunch that I grabbed there was still single-use plastic cutlery and then the other area that I was really kind of slipping up was if ever I was poorly my dad would always say change a toothbrush and I was going through toothbrushes and being like well this toothbrush is going to last longer than me (laughs) so then I looked into developing um, some bamboo cutlery sets and some bamboo toothbrushes and called the brand sustainable Um, stay sassy was already up and running at this time so it kind of just the play on words felt right Um, and from there kind of looked into some more eco-friendly alternatives Um, and it was more so just the places where I was slipping up and and I was um not doing my bit and then that's kind of how the range grew and and the passion kind of started and I never admit to being perfect like I'm absolutely not a perfect human being and I don't think it is possible in the western world to be so um but yeah that's kind of how the brand grew and and I love it it's so exciting it's so exciting especially now when I do believe like all the generations are really especially the younger generations Mm -hmm. are really really aware of everything that they do and I think it's so amazing to it's such an exciting industry now because things are always changing Mm -hmm. and you mentioned that Stay Sassy was already up and running can you talk a bit about that and how that started yeah of course so um I mentioned before that I was a professional dancer and I stopped dancing professionally for many reasons um but I really missed that kind of outlet and it was something a feeling and a thrill that I don't get anywhere else um and I was speaking to my nan about it before she passed away and she said why did you stop dancing and I told her the reasons and she said that it was really silly and that I should start again just you know how flippant grandparents can be anyway I thought about it and and she passed away shortly after that conversation and I wanted to create an environment where women could feel safe to try a new skill and dance with me um and so I set up a one-off event to look after the hospice that looked after my nan before she passed away and we sold out in like 15 minutes and I couldn't believe it because I'd never put on an event ever before um I think we only had 25 tickets or something because I chose the smallest venue I could because I thought no one would turn up and I was like if there's three people at least it'll look full (laughs) anyway there was 25 people um it was called stay sassy because that was my name my nan's catchphrase so instead of saying I love you she would say stay sassy um and she was just such a character and we called her the queen of sass and that's kind of where it started so we put on this event to raise I think we ended up raising £150 or something for the hospice that looked after her. And I was only ever going to do a one-off event. But then in that room, I taught women how to walk in high heels and dance in high heels. And then we got in two guest speakers to speak about mental health in women and kind of confidence and and body acceptance and all of these things. And within that room, I realised that all of us have had the same negative thoughts about our appearance or we all have the same confidence issues. And I was like why why would I do this as just a one-off event why don't we grow this why don't I take it around the country why don't I meet more women build this community and give them a safe place to share what's going on in their heads because they'll realize that actually we all have the same thoughts and then also make them feel empowered and and sexy and and let them be seen and try something new so 
that was back in 2017 um, and we just celebrated our fifth anniversary and we grew from 25 people to per event to then 50 and now we get 80 to 100 women at every event and we raise money for different charities every time and over the last five years I think we've raised over £70,000 for different charities Wow! Um, and, and the women that I've met through the events are just incredible and some of them will be friends for life now that is amazing that's so cool I think also dance is such a release yeah and it makes you feel so good yeah whether you are good or not is irrelevant I think it's just such a free thing to do and I mean like obviously you don't do it professionally now but it must be so nice to get back and do it especially like make everyone smile and everyone have a good time yeah and and we make sure that everyone that comes knows that you don't have to have had any dance experience before like the routine is so simple we go over it so many times and even if you go wrong that's not what it's about it's just about that freedom of moving and expressing your body um and I think there's so many areas within the fitness world or things like that where people would maybe go to classes just to burn calories or anything like that whereas as this workshop and some of the other amazing dance workshops run by other women in London it's all about just moving your body because it feels good to just laugh and be silly and be playful rather than that drill sergeant kind of burpees and squats and all of that so. yeah exactly like it's exercise without it being called exercise it's yeah. not it's dancing but it's a really like it, I used to do Zumba at school and that's kind of kind of similar where yeah. it's more dance and I used to not like all the team sports at school and that for me was just so much fun with my friends like it was just I loved it yeah um so yeah it's a really good way of expressing yourself like you said but also exercising without really realizing it Mm -hmm. so when's your next event so we've just had the fifth anniversary and the next one should be in September or October time um but I always share it on my Instagram and stuff when when the tickets are going live amazing that's so cool and do you change venue every time as well yeah so they're mostly based in London at the moment but we've done them in Manchester Devon um and we're gonna hopefully move around the country a little bit more as well that's so cool and then do you change charities yeah so um whether it's a charity close to my heart or maybe one of the women from the community suggests a charity um so we've we've raised money for so many different charities over time um and if any anyone ever has a charity that's close to their heart like I just encourage them to come forward and say it and then and then we can try and support if we can it's so cool I love this idea I'm gonna check it out for sure um okay so I want to move on a little bit and talk about the bold choice you made to stop drinking because this I have so much respect for so firstly when did you make the decision and what was or was there a kind of flick switch moment when you were like this is it I've had enough um yeah I think it was just kind of an overnight change um in terms of mindset but I mean on paper it sounds so boring imagine like a teetotal (laughs) vegan um but basically I'd, I'd go out for drinks with friends um and I was never like someone that would get obliterated drunk or pass out or anything like that like I'd always have an amazing amazing time but it was always the next day that kind of some people call it beer fear some people call it anxiety and it was I'd wake up and my heart rate would be racing and I'd just feel this sense of dread even though I didn't say anything to offend anyone or I didn't do anything stupid I would just get this really heavy anxious feeling um and that would last for a few days so the day after I'd obviously feel hungover and all of those horrible things that come with drinking but then I'd still feel this like on edgeness <laughs> great word for like a few days afterwards um and 
there was a few times um, around summer where it was like some midweek drinking, some weekend drinking, going on holidays and all of that. And I went on a trip with my boyfriend and I said, I'm not going to drink this whole trip. And whenever we're in an environment where I'd usually have a cocktail or a glass of wine, I'm going to have a fresh coconut and see how I feel. Um, And coming back, I felt amazing for it. And I didn't have that anxious feeling once. Went on one night out with friends and I started to feel anxious the evening of drinking, almost like I was preempting the next morning. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop. Like I have the confidence now to go out and enjoy my evening with my friends if I know it's going to be a late one I'm so sensitive to coffee I can just have a coffee at like 6 p.m and I'll be up as late as everyone anyway Mm. um and I realized that I felt so much more free to have fun without alcohol I felt like I was less nervous to do things I could remember everything the next day wasn't stolen from a hangover and I kind of just said yep this is for me. Like I tried it for a little while and then I said, this is for me. And the shift, when I said to people, I'm not drinking tonight, you get that classic like, oh, don't be boring, just have one. And it's never really one, is it? No. Um, and then the shift when I said, I don't drink, suddenly there's a switch in people's reactions. And instead of them saying, don't be boring, they say, oh, that's amazing. That's so inspiring. I wish I could do that. And since then, I've just had such beautiful conversations with people I've had some of the best nights out of my life that I still remember um and yeah it's just like I said never say never I might suddenly decide that maybe I do fancy a glass of wine but I just love I just love the freedom that comes with not drinking um and and the the fact that no days are stolen by hungoverness in bed or anything like that so true I mean I can relate to a lot of that like I know that I mean I've got a wedding this weekend for example Mm -hmm. and I it's not like a it's a yeah it's a close family friends wedding and I'm already thinking oh my god Sunday like I'm already gonna be thinking feeling like it's that like you see your heart rate it's just my heart rate I feel more than anything Mm -hmm. like you can really feel it um there's no way I can have a coffee that day because I literally might like implode yeah (laughs) um and it is, like, I call it the fear. And it's, like, that fear the next morning when you're, like, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I said? So I can definitely relate to that. And I think um, it is so amazing that you can just stop. And I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I could stop. Mm-hmm. But I, can, I, I think it would definitely be worth maybe looking into more. I think it is, I think it is really, really amazing. And what do you... I've got a few questions on this. What do your friends, what do you drink instead? Is mm-hmm. my first question. And do your friends still drink and your boyfriend still drink around you and it's they don't have an issue with it? Um, so a, a few things. I, I, I think going on from what you said about you don't think that you could stop. I don't think that's the answer. Again, my ethos around drinking is the same around being plant-based. Like you don't have to suddenly stop completely, but just always kind of ask yourself, am I drinking because I enjoy it and I want to go out and have a good time and it makes me release my inhibitions and all of that kind of stuff? Or am I drinking because I feel pressured to by friends and community? Or am I drinking to escape something? I think it's understanding your why. Whereas I knew that I didn't really enjoy the nights out that I was drinking because I'd be nervous so that's why I I kind of have decided to take a step back from it but you don't have to cut it out completely 
Um, and, and my friends, at first, I think they were a bit like, oh, this is quite a big decision. But they've been really supportive. Um, they still drink around me and we still have so many funny nights out and giggles and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I now no longer feel pressured by my friends. And I don't think my social circles have changed that much either. Like, I don't find myself being uninvited or not invited to things. Um, I think nine times out of ten, I get invited more because I'll drive because then they don't have to get Ubers there. Um, my partner still drinks. Um, he, I don't think he drinks as much purely because he's now intrigued by it. And he's, he's excited about the fact that he can go a whole night and dance the night away without being too drunk. Um, and which is quite surprising because he was a rugby player. So there's such a big drinking culture within that. Um, but now I encourage him because I think he's, he's so funny when he's drunk but now he's getting to the point where he's as confident sober which I think is really empowering and really cool to see um but to answer your other question about what do I drink so there's a few non-alcoholic well there's a lot of non-alcoholic spirits on the market at the moment but I don't necessarily love them um a lot of them are very herbal or floral which are kind of flavor combinations that I don't enjoy and when you're going out and you get a shot of them in your drink it's painfully expensive um and you don't really gain anything from it so I'm hoping that soon there's going to be something that comes out that actually gives you something for your money um that's non-alcoholic but my favorite is I love a mocktail like I love the sweetness of mocktails and things like that but even just like a pineapple juice and lemonade or a flavored tonic water or anything like that but if ever my friends are getting in shots they'll always get me a shot of water because it's that FOMO and all of that kind of stuff um but yeah, just fruit juices, soft drinks. I feel like when I'm going going on a night out, even when I was drinking alcohol, you go and you go for a different experience to what you would every day. And I wouldn't say that I drink fizzy drinks during the week or because I just don't crave them. So when I go out, like it makes it different to have mm. a fizzy drink or to have a fruit juice or something that I wouldn't usually have during the week. I also love a ginger beer with lime. I was going to say ginger beer would be mine. Yeah. Like if I'm not drinking for one night, I that's my like kind of go-to because it's got the ginger has got that kind of kick. Yeah, that maybe a stronger alcohol would have with a little squeeze of fresh lime as well. Like Ooh. that's the one. But yeah, I think you you get out of a night out what you want to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I know I'm going with people I I love spending time with, people that make me laugh, I love a dance anyway. Um, it just nothing has really changed even though a lot has changed if that makes sense yeah no I completely get what you mean I also feel like whether people stop or completely or just reduce I feel like you don't you never actually need as much as you think you need Mm -hmm. which is a lot easier said when you're it's 10 a.m on a Friday morning and you're you know haven't had a drink yet but obviously when you've had a few drinks all you want to do is have more yeah but like kind of linking to what you said your boyfriend's kind of going through where he doesn't really need as much or just doesn't really drink as much. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite nice because you still can wake up and feel pretty fine. If you yeah. have a lot of water, you're okay. Your day's not wasted. You probably don't have that fear. And um, yeah, you're probably not going to get as drunk or feel as bad. So I think that's really good. I think um, I, I must have been thinking about it for a while before I kind of made that hard switch because on nights out and stuff I would sometimes do alcoholic drink glass of water and that was a really good way to do it where that eased my kind of fear a little bit it didn't go away completely like it has now but I think for a while you can get a water and a gin glass and people are so consumed by their own own evening that they probably won't even notice so true I think it's also it's the 
it is the vibe and it is the feeling like Mm -hmm. like you said having a shot of water it's just that action of cheersing with the little glass Mm -hmm. laughing with your friends taking the picture and shotting it like it doesn't matter actually what's inside that glass it's just that kind of feeling and that event that you're creating Mm -hmm. and again it's that nice holding that nice glass with the water and it doesn't matter again what liquid's inside it mm-hmm. a little lemon a bit of cucumber whatever it is um yeah I can so see how how that can kind of just work but I do think it is really brave because I mean I know I am guilty this actually happened this week and when you're saying this I was like oh my god I'm that guilty person so I went out for dinner with my boyfriend and he said do you not want to drink tonight do you fancy not drinking tonight and I had been working all weekend like I really wanted to go out and have a nice evening and I did want to have a drink and I said to him don't be boring (laughs) and when you said that I was like oh my god that's so bad and he ended up having a drink with me but he would have felt pressured to and that's so wrong um so yeah when you were saying that I was like oh God, I've been that person. I think we all have, though. I think we all yeah. have, and it's just part of our conditioning that we can, we can challenge just because we've been told certain things growing up, or we've been surrounded by certain comments and advertisements, whatever it may be. Like you can rewire your conditioning. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, that is very true. And I think we are in a society where I think different cultures act differently. I know, like in France it's just like that's kind of second nature a glass of wine with every meal they have a different relationship with alcohol than I feel like we do in the UK where Mm -hmm. people go out and drink to get drunk I mean if you're driving around London on a Saturday night and you can look around (laughs) like the (laughs) things you see is just like oh my gosh um so my last question on this is do you find yourself getting more irritable when you're out and you're watching your friends get drunk and they do things do you ever find you're like oh my god this is so annoying um (laughs) Do you know what? I don't think I do purely because I just, I just don't care. Like if they're doing things that are maybe drawing attention, like I just, everyone's usually in that environment to have a good time. If ever I feel like, okay, it's time to go in terms of maybe they're putting themselves or someone else at risk, then I'll kind of be the one to instigate that. But I'm just so happy to be out feeling safe, feeling carefree. Like I'll giggle with them all and remind them of the stupid shit they did. Oh, can I swear? Yeah, you can swear on it. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid stuff they did the next day. Um, And yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't care enough to get irritable about it. Yeah, I know. That's so good. That's such a happy place to be where Mm. you have that, that confidence in yourself and your diet and you're, you're so in control of everything, but in a, in a healthy way, not in a controlling way, like in a, in a really happy confident and yeah healthy way so some people listening to this might be like oh my gosh she's a superwoman like what's your release what's your like you had a busy day what is it do you need to go on a walk do you need to watch a film like what's your like release um I I do go on a lot of walks I can't lie um my boyfriend and I live in the countryside so we do get we both work from home so we do a walk to work and walk home from work where it's just like a 10-15 minute loop um to start the day and finish the day I will also say like you know everyone has a vice whether it's alcohol whether it's junk food whatever it is mine is definitely um coffee I'm Mm. obsessed with coffee I love the taste I love the culture like I just love it and also like pick a mix and stuff like there's so many good vegan options now as well um but in terms of a release I think I love to escape certain things like I think as a generation we kind of monetize all of our hobbies um which I am definitely guilty of um and I think I need 
some way of escaping whether it's being creative or whether it's reading a book um or binging Netflix whatever it is just being transformed to a different world and there was a a time in lockdown where I was just reading self-help books and I was like I'm so bored of trying to improve myself like I just want to escape into another world and just forget about the stresses of life for just a second and I actually this year I sound like such a boring person I swear I'm fun um but this year I reread all of the Harry Potter books as an adult oh wow and it was amazing like you get transformed into this little world and because I've seen all the films and stuff like visually I see where everything is and I know it's not the same as going on a big night out and I'm not trying to say that it is but like that to me is a massive release mm. um and also I love spending time with friends like making sure that I always have a social plan in the diary for every like at least once a week um just because I think human connection is so important and whether that does involve like a big night out where obviously I won't be drinking but like a late night or whatever or if it's just a, a cozy dinner in like, I just think human connection is kind of where I thrive and and that's what I like to prioritize a lot of yeah it's so true I know that if I'm feeling like I'm on a bit of a hamster wheel I like to go and go and go and go and go I think those social connections with people who you don't live with or who you go out and you make a plan you get dressed up and you head out I think that's just so refreshing and definitely gives you a boost of energy for sure mm-hmm. no I'm so with you there so before we end, I have another little tradition and it is one of my favorite questions to ask and it is, what is your last meal? Oh God, this is such a hard question. I feel like this is always like a dinner party conversation, isn't it? Or yeah. like if you're out with dinner for someone, everyone's like death row meal. Yeah. And every time I'm like, I need to be prepared for this answer, but I just can't. I know, I know. And I feel also it does change it every does. day. So like what you're fancying today might be on the list, but yeah it might change I think are we doing three courses three courses I think for a starter I'd have like a plant-based sushi platter yeah with like you know when they've got the crispy onions you've got the avocado all of that kind of stuff definitely go for that then for a main I'd have like a roast dinner plant-based roast all the gravy all the roasties and then for dessert um it would probably be like a little trio of desserts where it would be like something chocolatey, like a melt-in-the-middle chocolate pudding or mm-hmm. uh, maybe like a pavlova. Um, and then maybe something like fruity, like a crumble, I think. It would be like a little mini trio. That sounds heavenly. All right, I've mm. got some questions for that. My question, <laughs> is, my question is, actually, I've got three questions on each. Where's your favourite place to have sushi in London? Oh, God, that's such a tough question. Um, I do love rocker but that's mm. obviously quite high end um there's art oh, there's have you ever been to sushi mania where you pay like 12 pounds and get all you can eat sushi no it's unbelievable i mean it's probably more than 12 pounds now because the world is just getting so expensive but you get like a two-hour sitting and then you get this menu that you fill out and then you literally just get like unlimited sushi it's um, unreal wow yeah it's so good that's so good really tasty so my second question is based on the roast. Mm-hmm. Are you a nut roast fan or do you like it when you go to a pub and they have like some kind of roast? Wellington seems to be a quite a popular one yeah. at the moment. I do What's love your... pastry, I can't lie. Because mm-hmm. when I first went plant-based, like you could not get a decent pastry. Okay. Um, so I do love a little Wellington. I'm partial to a nut roast. Just anything. If it's drowning in gravy, I will probably eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have any sauces with that? Or just gravy is enough? Um... I mean, it's definitely not right, but I have applesauce and everything. Yeah. I do love... It's like the sweetness yeah. with the warmth. Like, I know it's not 
stereotypically the right thing to do but applesauce and everything and it's like the salt and the sweet yeah it's a good it's a good combination well thank you so much for coming on here and talking I mean we touched on loads of different things here and I list I literally could have kept going for so long but I think I probably should cut it to a a slight limit but (laughs) honestly thank you so much I think you're so inspirational to a lot of people you've touched on pain points that a lot of people would have definitely be thinking and feeling whether it's drinking whether it's food whether it's social whether it's whatever it is I think you've touched on a lot here so hopefully we've been of value to some people and um yeah they can relate to a lot of it so thanks so much for coming on thank you for having me thank you guys so so much for listening I really hope you enjoyed listening to Steph as much as I did the main message I took from this is to do what works for you and don't listen to others balance is definitely key and just listen to your body Check out Steph's Instagram if you haven't already for lots of delicious recipes and more. Thanks again and see you again next week.